Welcome to ROH Strong Podcast. Here is your host, Kevin Eck. What's up, Honor Nation? Welcome to episode 72 of the ROH Strong Podcast, the official podcast of Ring of Honor Wrestling. Now, my guest today is a pro wrestling interviewer, commentator, and ring announcer, also a podcast host, and the host of Beyond the Bells, the weekly talk show on Women's Division Wednesday that drops at 7 p.m. Eastern on ROH's YouTube channel. She is Alyssa Marino. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I am excited to speak with you because um, I, I just say, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Beyond the Bells, obviously, um, later on, but I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of the show and big fan of you as, as the host. I think you did a great job, but I, I'll put you over later. We'll talk about that later. Oh, okay. <laughs> First question I have to ask is, what did you have for breakfast this morning? You know I had cereal. Come on. <laughs> Easy question. I, have a, I actually have a new cereal that I found. Uh, you know those like the Lara bar, like um, uh, granola bars? I know what they are, but I didn't know that. So they do cereal now? Apparently. I know. I was shocked as well. So I, I had to get two different ones so I could try them out. And I had an apple pie flavored one and it was absolutely exquisite. Wow. That does that, sound good. So do you try all different kinds of cereals or like do you, because I'll just like my cereal eating, I like to settle on one that I stick with for like months at a time and then I'll get tired of it and then I'll change. Understood. I think for me, I, I kind of, I, I push myself to always try and be on the cutting edge, try something new every week. Uh, with, with my show, I was able to kind of let one box go for a couple of weeks and just kind of cruise on the same box and just have a conversation about it. But when I do the reviews, I try, I have to, you know, mix it up every time. <laughs> sure. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, we're going to talk obviously about, wrestling plenty later on in this podcast but obviously you alluded to it about your your show and of course I, I asked you the the leading question about cereal because you do a YouTube <laughs> show called Let's Get Cereal yes. in which you interview wrestling personalities and others over a bowl of cereal. Uh, how did you come up with this uh, this interesting and unique concept? So it all kind of started on social media, just randomly. I think I posted on my Instagram story years ago, oh, I'm having a bowl of cereal. And just the way people responded to it, I, I, it was really, really funny to me. I was like, wow, everyone has something to say about the fact that I'm eating cereal right now. So maybe there's something there. So maybe I should talk about cereal a little bit more. Uh, at this time, I was still working in um, on the independent scene, doing uh, backstage interviews, doing commentary, ring announcing and stuff like that. So it got to the point where people would start bringing me boxes of cereal at shows to then I started bringing cereal to championship wrestling from Hollywood tapings and would just kind of sit, pick somebody to to talk to during the the taping maybe after their match and just sit down and and have a bowl of cereal with them and, and record it and it just kind of evolved really from something that was popular on social media and and helped kind of grow uh, a fan base and a following for myself that I just then decided I wanted to expand to actually 
something I could talk to people over, you know, I feel like it's such a, such a human thing to, to talk to someone and share a meal with them. Um, and I, I do feel like a lot of the time it kind of brings people's guards down. They don't feel like it's just question and answer. They feel like, okay, I'm just like, and, and luckily I had a, you know, a really good rapport and, and friendship with a lot of the people that I've had as guests. So it was just a, a really easy kind of conversation of just random stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, I, and I saw that you had Ring of Honor's own Brody King on the show. Yes, you I had, did. Uh, obviously, the world-famous Renee Paquette on the show. Uh, a dream. Among, <laughs> among other guests. I have to ask you this, though. Is there anyone that you asked to be on the show and they said, well, I don't eat cereal? You know, it's, it's funny, but we made it work. Uh, Chelsea Green didn't have cereal on our episode. Ah, Okay. And I was like, you know what? I'll just eat the cereal because we, we were having a debate about American pops and Canadian pops. I have to give it to her. Canadian pops are really, they're really good. I, I have to say it. They have a different texture, a different consistency. I really enjoyed them. Um, but yeah, I was the one that actually ate the cereal and, and, and that was fine. We still had a really great conversation. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, if Chelsea Green is willing to come on your show, you're not going to say, well, sorry, Chelsea, no cereal. You, you can't come on. Yeah, sorry, cereal's a requirement. I uh, unfortunately can't speak with you. No. <laughs> she was, and she's honestly such a doll, just such a, a sweet human being. So it was very kind of her to take the time to chat with me. Absolutely. I love Chelsea. I never really, I never got to know her personally mm-hmm. until she came to Ring of Honor. Uh, but she did the podcast right away. And she was such a delight to work with and so easy with like, so accommodating as far yeah. as like setting, because she was really busy. It was her first weekend in Ring of Honor and all kinds of stuff was going on. And then she had impact right after that. But, you know, we had to tape it in, or I'm sorry, record it. I say tape. See, that's, that's my age. I say tape. Same, same thing. Yep. Yeah, there's no tape. <laughs> um, record, let's be literal, record it. Uh, we had to record it in different segments, which was the first time I've ever done that for the podcast because she kept getting pulled away. We were doing oh, something wow. Marina, and like Maria would walk in and in the middle of, of the podcast, be like, Hey, Chelsea, I need you on commentary right now. Let's go. So, but, but Chelsea was great because she, uh, like I, again, was so accommodating. So I'm thrilled to have her in ring of honor, obviously because she's a, a, a great talent, but also it's like another good person in the locker room, which I think Absolutely. we have a whole lot. I don't know how much um, experience you've had in Ring of Honor backstage and dealing with, uh, you know, I know you know some of the talent for sure, but I just, I think we have an outstanding locker room. And of course I'm biased, but I don't, I don't know if you have an opinion on that. So the only real interaction I had was, I think it was 2018, no, 2019 Death Before Dishonor. Yeah. And uh, I, it, it was funny. I, I went with a group to just help out just to set up. It was in, in Las Vegas. And at the time I was living in LA and I was like, okay, well, we got a, a car full of us. Let's, let's go. And uh, actually had the opportunity to join uh, Caprice and Ian on commentary for uh, Bateman and Jake Atlas. And honestly, everyone I interacted with was just so kind and so welcoming and really made me feel very much at home. So really, really enjoyed that experience for sure. I remember that show. I remember that Dishonor <laughs> Fallout in Las Vegas. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, Jake Atlas and Bateman. But that wasn't you. That was some chick named Kathy Campanella. Oh, right. I forgot. Yeah. I mean, I see the resemblance. Yeah, oh. you know, my, my uh, evil twin, <laughs> Kathy Campanelli. 
<laughs> yeah, actually, I remember, like, in preparing for this um, podcast today, I remembered that, and I thought that was you. I texted Ian Riccoboni today, and I said, hey, I'm, I've got Alyssa Marino on the podcast today. I'm like, we're, am I remembering this right? Did she sit in on commentary for a match? And he filled me in and said, yeah, it was, and told me when it was, and, the match, and then it all came back to me. So, and I, I remember and- watching it at the time and thinking, I don't know who this person is, but she's pretty good. Well, thank you. And honestly, that was such a cool learning experience with Ian and Caprice. Like they gave such great feedback and, and honestly, just even, I think I even sent Ian like a match or two of mine to look at from the independence and, and he gave me really great feedbacks and, and just advice on things I can work on. I've been very, very grateful and, and lucky to have had the experiences I've had so far, not just to have the actual experience of, of calling a ring of honor match, but to even get the 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 learning experience and the the advice from 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 the commentary team is i think really something invaluable you know absolutely and those are again i'm going to be biased because you know obviously i'm with ring of honor but i I like to shoot straight like here's the thing i always tell people i'm not shilling for anybody if if i didn't believe what i was saying i just wouldn't say anything like i wouldn't even say what i'm about to say now i just go into the next question but for my money, Ian is the best play-by-play guy in the business. And I think Caprice has developed into the best color analyst in the business. And I think they just have such great chemistry together. And uh, like, I think we're extremely lucky to have them. And I 100% ag- uh, I agree that they really bring out the best in one another, I think, yeah. too. They make it such an enjoyable experience. And they give such incredible insight that I think really adds to the matches and never, never takes away. Absolutely. And of course, that is that is their job is to it's not about getting themselves over. It's about getting the match over, getting storylines over. And um, and I think they do it so well. And with the Ring of Honor being more. Well, I mean, we've always been, I think, more sports based, but there was a, a more concerted effort to go further in that direction after we came back from our hiatus. And I think those are the two perfect guys to do it because Ian is it comes across like a sports announcer. And Caprice is like a legitimate, he's like the former athlete, uh, like he could be a you know, former NFL player sitting in a football game or baseball player in a baseball game. He brings that perspective. Not that, Caprice, if you're listening to this, I'm saying you're a former wrestler because I know you are still in great shape and you still wrestle independently and hold championships. But yeah, I think, I think they work well together. But enough about putting them over. This is about <laughs> you. And and I want to get away from wrestling again for a little bit. I want to talk about more cereal. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> One of my favorite topics. <laughs> and that's why I want to talk about it. <laughs> Have you been a cereal lover all your life? Like, is this something that started as a kid? I think like most kids, I was definitely a huge cereal fan. I remember having as a child seeing pictures of me, maybe like three years old. And I had a little uh, plastic container that was shaped like a Cheerio that would store all of like my Cheerios on the go, you know, for like little, little snacks when I was a kid. Um, I don't think that it was more or less than, you know, any other, any other kid growing up in, you know, the nineties. But um, I think that during that time we had some really incredible developments in cereals and we were getting the kind of, um, like waffle crisp or you know I just felt like there was really interesting cereals at the time actually maybe now that I'm thinking of it maybe I was really into cereal because (laughs) I I remember 
one uh, one Christmas getting a box of waffle crisp as one as as a present. So maybe this does go deeper than I than I realized. <laughs> now, as a kid, did you ever go into the store with your parents and see a bowl uh, or a box of cereal that had like a toy inside, or sometimes they'd make cereal based off of like a TV show? Uh, would you get it not having any idea what the cereal tastes like, but just because either you wanted the prize inside or like you were a fan of, uh, I don't know, what, what do they make? Like, I think SpongeBob has a cereal or something today, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I like that cartoon, so I want that cereal. I think definitely. It was always that kind of, uh, that mystery of, hey, I really don't know how this is going to taste, but darn it, I want that plastic uh, uh, Lion King Simba's head on a little spoon that comes in the box. So like, I'm getting this dang cereal. Uh, and, and then it's kind of the, well, let's see. <laughs> you know, that's, that's half of the fun of what I do now with the cereal reviews. So 100%, I would judge a cereal box by its cover. Okay. All right. Well, I'll just, I'll share a little bit of my uh, cereal history. Is that please, okay? please. So when I was a kid, my favorite was Count Chocula because it combined two of my favorite things, which were like, I love Dracula movies, right? And I love chocolate. So boom, Count Chocula. I don't even know, I don't know if they still make that today. Oh, yes. Um, okay. Count Chocula was my favorite. <laughs> then I, I, I tried, you know, to mix it up a little bit, the Frankenberry, even, even got into Booberry, which I don't, I don't think that lasted long. Or maybe it did. I'm not sure. But yeah, those were kind of my favorites. And then in seventh grade, my life changed when I discovered Lucky Charms. Mm. I mean, I, I, was, I was like an addict. Like, I wanted to eat Lucky Charms for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, um, you know, I still treat myself from time to time. I mean, there are times when I'm serious about working out and getting in shape, and I, I'll eat something health, like a healthier cereal. You know, the ones that aren't as sweet and don't taste as good. But every now and then, I will treat myself to Lucky Charms, even though I know it, it, it causes cavities, it's bad for your diet, but damn, Lucky Charms is good. Are you a Lucky Charms fan? You know, yeah, I, I've grown to be more of a Lucky Charms fan than I used to be, because I think when I was a kid, I just never liked the consistency of the marshmallows. And that, the same could be said, I, although I do think that the, the monster cereals, like the Count Chocula and Blueberry and Frankenberry, I feel like their marshmallows aren't quite as chalky as Lucky Charms. This could be all in my head, I'm not really sure. But um, it, my, my tastes have changed over the years to the point that now I'll enjoy a Lucky Charms, but uh, definitely not one of like my all-time top favorites. Okay. Did they do a, talking about the monster cereals, did they do a Wolfman type cereal too? Do you remember? They did. Um, what was it? It was something, tutti, not a tutti fruity. It was definitely another fruit based one. Yeah. I, thought I know so. that, I definitely know they have one. I just can't remember the name of it. Okay. Yeah. They hit all the monsters, maybe even a mummy. Yes. I don't know. But yeah, they hit all the, the, the famous monsters. So I was going to ask you was, and maybe Lucky Charms is the answer, but is there any type of cereal you really don't like? Like you've tried it and you're just like, that's awful. It most certainly is. And it's grape nuts. And I have no qualms about talking about how much I dislike grape nuts. Uh, I think it is a, um, it assaults the, the teeth and it is not a pleasure to eat. And uh, it is an overall, I think just like when I have to work hard to eat my cereal, that's not enjoyable to me. 
And uh, I think that grape nuts, unless you soak them in milk for a really long time, um, they're almost inedible. It is like chewing on gravel and I don't recommend it. Hmm. Okay. And hopefully, you know, hopefully my mother doesn't have to, my mom's a big grape nuts fan. Uh, I love her regardless. We ag agree to disagree on this. Grape nuts, I think, is kind of a uh, older demographic cereal, isn't it? Yeah, I think it has that connotation, but I don't actually think that it is. I had a, uh, I had Yuma on my my show, and uh, and he loves grape nuts, and I almost ended our interview early over it. <laughs> right, I'm but I forgive you. him. I forgive him. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more cereal question. Sure, sure. And that is, uh, see, here's the, I don't know, here's the, maybe I'm weird, but like, I can't stand white milk. Like, I can't drink a glass of white milk. If I'm going to drink milk, it has to be chocolate milk. I just, you put a glass of white milk in front of me, I, I can't, I can't drink it. I've tried, I don't like it. But yet I will put the white milk in my cereal. When you're done eating the cereal and the milk is still there, do you drink it? Because I don't, I, I dump the milk out in the cereal, uh, in the sink. So it might be different for me because I use, I use almond milk. So I always kind of am, uh, I, I never was able to do like cow's milk. I think that I went through like a phase where I was cool with it, but for the most part, I was never really a, a cow's milk kind of fan. Um, so with the almond milk, I actually have a, uh, I guess it's like a, like a ritual for me. Like I can't eat, I can't drink just the cereal milk without any cereal in it. I have to actually like, tip it back and do the little bottoms up while there's still pieces of the cereal in it. Mm. Because I think that there's something about just like the, the milk and the flavor by itself that I'm not usually a fan of unless it's something chocolate based. Like if it's, if it's cocoa puffs that have been in there or like I had a, a chocolate cinnamon toast crunch that was delightful. Uh, but, but usually I need to have some bits of the cereal still left in it for me to enjoy the milk at the end. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I like to pick, I'll, I'll get every last little crumb of that cereal out of the milk. And then when it's nothing but milk, then it's got to go. Yeah. There are those who would argue that that is the best part that you're dumping out. But I say, do whatever makes you happy. It is, it is everyone's, yes, everyone's cereal eating experience is different. And uh, even if you want to eat grape nuts, like, ugh, I guess that's fine. <laughs> It always just kind of grossed me out when I would see people finish their cereal and then, and then like just pick up the bowl with nothing but milk left in it and slurp it down. I don't know. It looked, uh, it looked a little lowbrow to me, but who am I to judge? Mm, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Alyssa, congratulations. We just spent an entire first segment talking about cereal. Wow. This is no pun intended. It's truly an honor. <laughs> we are breaking new ground on the ring of honor. <laughs> on the ROA Strong Podcast, 71 episodes before this. I don't think I ever asked one question about cereal, and here we did an entire segment on cereal. So when we come back from break, we're going to talk about lunch. Oh, excellent. No, I, I'm, I'm just kidding. We're not, we're, oh, all right. No. When we come back, we're going we're gonna to talk wrestling, right? That's what we're Sounds, doing. Uh, yes. All right. So uh, I probably made everybody, everybody out there listening is probably going for their, their cereal right now because of all that cereal talk or they've turned us off because they just aren't as interested in cereal as we are i don't know it's that's their loss that's their loss all right so we'll take this break and then we'll come back and we'll talk wrestling with Alyssa marino it's been fun playing wrestling with y'all but we got something even better 
Honor Nation, it's the ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. The body slamming, drop kicking way to keep the fun going. We need some tougher competition. El Puro Jay Driller. She's the new Honor Pals champion. ROH Wrestling Honor Pals. Bring home your favorite star at shophonor.com. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast with pro wrestling personality, Alyssa Marino. I think that's the best way to describe when you're sort of a jack of all trades, as I said in the, you know, at the opening, where you're an interviewer, a personality, or, or an in-ring personality, a ring announcer, a podcast. I'm just going to say pro wrestling personality, because I think that encompasses it all. Thank you. That works for me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk about Beyond the Bells. Uh, as I mentioned in the last segment, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the show. I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I was watching Women's Division Wednesday every week, loved the matches, wasn't quite sure what to expect with this um, panel discussion, but I, the first one was about 90 minutes, I think. And damn, if you didn't, if you guys didn't make 90 minutes of, of, you know, I, I'm not big into podcasts myself, believe it or not, even though I host one, like, I just don't like listening um, to people talking for that long, but I thought like the 90 minutes flew by and, and it was just, um, it was like very intelligent conversation, but also, entertaining as well which you know that's sometimes tough to to, to pull off uh, you guys talk mostly obviously about the uh, ring of honor women's world title tournament but you also touch on some other happenings in uh in pro wrestling especially women's wrestling how did you get this gig so this was something where i i was approached about it by uh, maria canales bennett and by bobby cruz as a as as kind of just a, a, a way to produce content and discussion about the tournament as kind of almost like something that you can use alongside the tournament matches um, that we can break things down and, uh, you know, have a, an expert analyst like Lufisto who can kind of weigh in on the technicality and the wrestling part of it and, and have Maria who can tell us about, you know, what's going on backstage at Ring of Honor uh, throughout the tournament and then have me to kind of just guide everything along. Um, so it, it really just kind of was that sort of process where it was opportunity came my way and I was like, yes, let's do this. Well, as I told you before we started recording today, you won me over really on the first episode. You're, you know, as much as I, like I just said, I enjoyed the entire conversation, but as soon as you mentioned that you had listened to the ROH Strong podcast uh, when I had Nicole Savoy on, that was enough for me because I'm a huge mark for myself and, uh, and I pop big for that. Well, I'm so glad. I think it's something <laughs> where it's, it's something I'm used to doing from being a commentator where I thoroughly research everything. So I, I prepared and do prepare for each episode as if I'm preparing to call matches. So I want to know everything about the, the competitors that we're going to be discussing, everything about the, the people that are involved in the match that happened. Um, so that was definitely part of my research was to hear, you know, hear what the queen of suplexes had to say and, and hear about her history and her journey. I had actually been able to call, I think one or two of her matches it, when I was working out in LA and it was so much more in depth to hear the two of you talk about, you know, her fandoms, the things that she was, you know, interested in. Like I knew she was a big gamer, but to learn more about like the anime she was watching. It was just, it was a really cool and a, and a deeper insight into, into her as an individual. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously any, 
any podcast is only as good as the guests. And, um, and Nicole was a great guest. We've had all great guests on here up to this point. So um, no pressure, but this, we need oh. another. <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. That's but nice. we did do the most talk about cereal. So I'm, I'm yeah. doing all right in that respect. You know? I mean, I feel like we're off to a great start. Um, <laughs> you mentioned Lufisto, and that was another uh, cool surprise for me was to see Lufisto on there. Was that, I'm just curious, was that your idea to bring her on or, or was that, um, I don't know, Maria's or someone else's? I, I believe it was Maria's. I know that Lufisto was already in place as the analyst before I, I think, was brought into the fold as a host. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they wanted to get her you know, unique insights into things. Um, and that was actually my first time like virtually meeting her and working with her too. So I was thrilled. Yeah, she's she's outstanding as an analyst, and I think obviously, if you're a fan of women's wrestling and um, and you really follow it and you know your history and everything else, it's great to have someone like her. I just I just think it brings more credibility to a women's division Wednesday and Beyond the Bells, and and I think the Ring of Honor women's division as a whole. Just the fact that that she's involved in it. Another thing that's been really I think kind of cool about it is you never know who's going to show up in the, in the cold open, as we say in the business. Um, I, I won't say we broke Twitter, but we certainly um, made some headlines when we had Dixie Carter, Dixie Carter, former wow. you know, TNA president appearing on beyond the bells on ring of honors, women's division Wednesday. I thought that was pretty cool. And we've had some others, uh, Rosa Mendez, who's actually um friend of mine going back to the WWE days. I was, I was really a nice uh, surprise to see her on there. Uh, we've had Taryn Terrell and a bunch of others. Um, it really, th- this show is carving out, I think kind of a, a unique niche. I, I agree. And I really love the fact that, yes, I think it is stuff that the internet might, you know, Oh my gosh, this is insane. This is so crazy. Um, but I think even more so than that, it shows like this really interesting kind of, synergy of of tying different different places and and different personalities kind of together and I think that that's a really interesting part of it and I think that that's where some of the biggest value in the the little the little cold opens is is just like you you really do never know who's going to show up and I think that that's so exciting absolutely I mean that's that was always as a wrestling fan especially I go back to like the Monday Night Wars uh you never knew like who was going to show up. That was part of the fun was who's going to jump ship or who am I going to see this week? Or even when WWE back in the day had ECW guys show up uh, for a few episodes out of nowhere. Uh, I think that was always cool. Like you never knew who was going to be there. And I think we've in wrestling today, we, you know, everybody talks about the forbidden door and um, it really is cool. And everything used to be so exclusive for so long. And now you're seeing, you know, people work together. And I, w- I wouldn't say Ring of Honor has completely opened that or gone through that forbidden door to the extent that maybe some other companies have. But I think this is a small step, like, like we talked about with these, with these cold opens. And what, I, you know, there's everybody wants to talk about competition. And it seems like, well, if I like this company, I can't like that company. And I'm on this team, not that team. And it never used to be that way. And, and I wish it wasn't that way now. And what I appreciate about what you guys do is you acknowledge that there's other promotions and Chelsea Green doesn't just work for us. She works for Impact and she's doing the NWA show. And, and it's like you guys are rooting for 
and your advocates for women's wrestling as a whole. And obviously the focus is on Ring of Honor, but like we're not pretending that nothing else exists and we're not insulting anyone's intelligence by trying to pretend that they don't exist. And I think it's something too where if you're, if you're a wrestling fan, why limit yourself to, oh, I'm a fan, but here's the asterisk of I can only like this company, this company, this company. I can only watch X, Y, and Z. Like if you, if, like watch what you like and don't watch what you don't like, you know? And I think that that's, it's, it seems like such an easy concept, but it, it does feel like sometimes there is the, you know, if this, then that sort of thing. So it's, it's definitely a bummer, but um, I think we do try our best to really celebrate and, and elevate, like you said. I mean, even the, the fact of the matter is so many of the competitors in the Quest for Gold tournament are competing all over the place. And, right. and if, if you like Trisha Dora from seeing her in the championship tournament, here are all the other places you can see her, you know? And I, I think that's one of the coolest things to be able to shine a light on you know, uh, someone that might have been out in the first round, but hey, they hold a title over here and you can watch that company on YouTube. You know, I think that that's, it's, it really is kind of this little, not so little, but spotlight <laughs> that we can shine on, on the competitors and, and just the celebration of, of wrestling and celebration of women's wrestling. For sure. And I, and I think it also says that we're confident in the product that we're putting out and we're secure enough to say, hey, uh, go try, you know, go watch these other things. It's not like we're fearful, like, oh my God, if you go watch this, you're not going to come back because we right. believe in, in what we're doing. And, um, you know, I think, I think that's a great way to, um, to show that. But for, for you as the host, what, what is the most challenging thing about it? I, I'm going to guess it might be, I guess at some point you have, obviously Maria and Lefisto are on the show. And then sometimes you might have two additional guests where you might have five people, six people on at one time. Is the biggest challenge just kind of directing traffic and, and making sure everyone gets enough, you know, ample opportunity to speak? That is absolutely it. It's really, it's just the, the wrangling, especially on, on Zoom, especially where it's something where we're all kind of virtually connected. I love the fact that it's a possibility. I really, really do. But sometimes it's a little hard if there's even a, a slight delay or some kind of technical issue of, Oh wait! Oh no! And now I'm accidentally speaking over Lefisto. Like I don't want to do that, you know. Or or we have this incredible guest that's been so generous with their time, and and oh no! Now we have to flip flop over who's who's speaking when. Um, it was so funny. We had Allison Kay on, and then I knew that we were gonna have Marty Bell on. So I didn't know if it was okay, but I was like, hey Marty, come on in, because you know you two are friends. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I hope this is okay. So yeah, just kind of and and luckily like the whole team and, and Maria especially has been so, so patient and so helpful uh, with, with her feedback of, of helping me get better at what I do too. So um, I, I think very grateful for the opportunity, but yes, it's definitely uh, sometimes that, that fun challenge of, okay, well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? Who's coming on and, and all that kind of stuff. So do you have like, uh, as you're preparing for the show, do you have sort of a, a list of, uh, conversation points or topics in front of you and then that you you know you kind of lead the discussion that way do you come up with that on your own or is that a collaboration with Maria does she say hey I want to I want you to mention this or that and we'll go you know we'll go here and then we'll talk about this or um, how much of a collaboration in it how much uh, input do you have in it 
So that's a cool thing. So usually Maria will send us like an outline of like, hey, these are the things we want to we want to touch on. Um, and then from there, I kind of will flush things out a little bit of, okay, well, if we want to talk about women's wrestling news, here are the topics that I have to add to that. Is that cool? Or if we're going to have a certain guest, okay, well, here are the questions that I, I'd like to ask them. Um, and for the most part, honestly, like Lefisto is so awesome because she'll just kind of roll with the punches of, oh, okay, this person's coming off. Cool. I, I, I think once I tried to like send her a question, she's like, I, I don't usually do a, a script. I usually just kind of go on the fly. I'm like, cool beans, let's do it. So, <laughs> so I think that um, most of the initial plan comes from Maria and then kind of just the collaboration of like, okay, well, here are my ideas to add to it. And then let's kind of um, get this a format that's going to work for the episode. All right. Well, let's talk about the women's tournament, uh, which it's, it's yeah. been great. I think it's been great so far. Uh, this past weekend on Ring of Honor TV, we saw Angelina Love defeat Max the Impaler by DQ. And we saw Trisha Dora beat Allison Kay, which uh, I must say, not that I don't respect and really admire Trisha Dora, but I have to consider that a little bit of an upset. And um, I'll just be honest, I, my bracket is busted. <laughs> it really is. I made my predictions in my X-Files column on uh, ROHwrestling.com, which you can read every Friday. Um, get that plug in. Um, I had, in, my final four was Quinn McKay, uh, Max, Nicole Savoy, and Allison Kay. And I had Savoy beating Max in the finals. None of those four are still alive. They've all been eliminated. and. I think actually that really speaks to the depth of quality athletes we have in the tournament that four, four competitors of, uh, of their caliber haven't made it to, to the final four. The only air quote uh, name veteran that's still alive is Angelina Love. Uh, I think yeah. Roxy Alizé, Miranda Alizé, uh, and Trisha Dora – I think they've really shined and, and probably surprised some people. Again, not to take anything away from them, but with the other names, again, that were in it, I think, you know, maybe a lot of people didn't have those four advancing. Um, what are your just general and you know, basic impressions of the tournament thus far? I think that that's, I mean, nail on the head of, of that's what makes this tournament so exciting is because you think one thing's going to happen and the complete opposite happens. So I think it really, uh, if this tournament has shown anything, it really, I mean, it keeps people on their toes for sure, because you really just don't know. And, and maybe it is the fact that, you know, someone, someone like Roxy, who's not necessarily new in their, in their career, but someone who's, who's still very young has so much fight in her to, to be able to kind of, unseat a, a veteran like Sumi Sakai in the first round. I don't, I don't think anybody saw that coming, you know? And, and again, it's, it's not that it's necessarily a quote unquote upset, but it still is something I think that no one was expecting. I mean, as far as my, my own bracket, like I, I, I saw Allison Kay in the end. I, I really saw Allison Kay as being the women's champion. And I, I, Trisha Dora, I think, is such an incredible competitor that I can't even be upset, you know? I can't be like, oh, no, but this is my pick to win. Like, hey, that might have been who I had in mind, but I am in no way upset because now I just get to watch the person who defeated my pick. Like, right. how much more 
of an elevated status does that give Trisha Dora in my eyes, you know? So uh, I, I definitely think that this tournament has been so exciting to watch because it's, it's really anybody's game. It definitely is. And I think you can also tell how good the tournament is when you have people in the first round who didn't get out of the first round, like, you know, Sumi Sakai, first women of honor world champion, uh, Mandy Leone, Willow, yeah. who I've been impressed with. And man, she got a tough draw in Allison. Yeah. I love that match. That's uh, again, no offense to, to anyone, uh, uh, you know, any other match. There've been a lot of, a lot of really good ones, but Allison Kay and Willow was my personal favorite. I just, because it was, I was just so hard hitting and I thought they were uh, really brought out the best in each other in that match. But yeah, I think the the women's tournament has just, um, I think it's been a home run to this point and we've got the semifinals coming up this weekend on ring of honor TV. It'll be Miranda Alizé against Trisha Dora in one matchup and Angelina love and Roxy in the other one. And there's another great matchup there of Roxy 19 years old Angelina Love has been, much like Sumi, Angelina Love has been wrestling longer than Roxy's been alive. I mean, that's yeah. just, it's crazy to think about. And Angelina Love, no, no uh, you know, grizzled veteran here. Angelina Love's still at the top of her game, you know, 21 years in. So definitely I think it, to those two matchups. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And I, I think the fact of the matter is, and, and even too, just to go back to what you were saying about, um, like just kind of the shakeups within the first round. I, I just have to say that I thought if anyone was going to defeat Max, I thought it would have been Holiday. And, and I, I'm sorry, that's just something that has been on my mind because Holiday, I think, is such an unsettling personality to be facing someone like Max the Impaler. Um, but no, but I, absolutely going back to uh, to the matches for, for this weekend, I think that it's – it's something where there's so many different styles that I think it makes it so exciting to see who's, who's going to come out on top. Like whose style is going to outweigh the others. Who's going to get that moment that they need uh, to, to advance. Oh, it's, it's so wild. <laughs> it definitely is. And, you know, we saw um, Alizé and Adora on women's division Wednesday. So this will be a, a rematch of sorts. And um, again, Angelina Love and, and Roxy, what a, uh, again, what's the veteran? And look, I guess Roxy's going to get that in just about every match, right? The youngster against the veteran. Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, she's going to get that all the time. But again, she's, yeah, she's 19, but as has been talked about many times, she's 19, but she's been wrestling since she's 13. So yeah. she's got six years in, which is more than, I think Trisha Dora has been wrestling for five years, right? So Roxy at 19 still has a, a ton of experience though. And I think you can, you can tell that the, the way she carries herself in the ring, she certainly doesn't look like somebody who, you know, just stepped out of wrestling school at 19 years old. So uh, yeah, can't wait to see those matches. I'll remind everybody that you, the, you can watch them on obviously your local uh, Sinclair affiliate, but if you want to wait till Monday, or if you even want to watch it again uh, at 7 PM Eastern, go to ROHwrestling.com, start it there and then go over to Twitter for our watch party, hashtag watch ROH. And you can tweet along with the Ring of Honor stars themselves and other fans. And Alyssa, do you do you uh, participate in uh, in our Watch ROH on Mondays? Oh, I certainly do. That's where I, I I love to chime in, and I love to see what everyone else is saying too. It's 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 great to get I think perspectives from 
from the stars of Ring of Honor themselves. So I definitely enjoy uh, the hashtag. All right, well, I'm going to put you on the spot. And uh, I know this, this, this is maybe an awkward position because you're a journalist, have to be objective, but you're also, you know, I would say you're also an analyst. So who wins the two semifinal matches this weekend? Now that we do know the final four, uh, who advances and, and who do you think, uh, you know, obviously my pick is out, Nicole Savoy, your pick is out, Allison Kay. Who do you see winning now? Uh, okay, so as far as this weekend goes, I think, okay, so obviously Miranda Alizé, I think, has a very strong kind of trash talk game, but I do think that Trisha Dora's mental fortitude and the fact that she is such a strategist, I think, is going to serve her. I do see Trisha Dora moving forward this weekend. Um, for Angelina versus Roxy, I'm, I'm torn because I think that Roxy has such a, such a head of steam coming out of, of defeating Sumi, defeating Quinn, um, that I think that she is going to have confidence that could propel her further against Angelina. But I don't know. I don't think that you can discount the tenure and the, the status of Angelina Love. So I think perhaps Angelina might, might take the prodigy out of, out of this tournament. Yeah. Always tough to bet against Angelina for sure. Given her track. Yeah. Seven time world champion. She's beaten the biggest names in the business. Although she did not come out of that match against Max unscathed. So we'll have to see if that could be a factor uh, in this match. Very good point. All right. Well, I want to ask you also your, you know, we've talked a lot about the women's tournament. Obviously that's, um, you're the host of Beyond the Bell. So of course that's what we're going to talk about, but <laughs> let's talk about the overall, I guess, uh, Ring of Honor as a, as a whole. What are your thoughts on Ring of Honor? Um, and I guess the current wrestling landscape and, and maybe ROH's place in that landscape. I mean, I think it's just an incredibly enjoyable show to watch. I, I think that at the end of the day, like I, I personally enjoy wrestling that makes me feel something, you know, like I, I enjoy a, a, a story. I enjoy just the, the passion and the fight. And I think that that's something that I always see in ring of honor matches. Um, so I, I think that across the landscape, it's, it's one of my favorite programs to watch just because I, I do feel like there's always this, this, this feeling of passion and, and, and I mean, honor, of course, but, but I think that that's, there is just this, this overarching, um, yeah, feeling of passion and determination that I always see from the competitors. You know, nothing ever feels like it's, like it's dialed in. It just, it feels like everyone is, is fighting for their spot. Everyone is fighting for the best match. Um, and I think that's what makes it so enjoyable across across the whole landscape. All right. I concur. I concur with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to take break number two. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about you. Oh. Your favorite subject, probably. Next to cereal. Hmm. I was going to say, next to cereal and wrestling, maybe. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Want to hear post-match interviews from tonight's competitors? Want to see exclusive brand new matches? Want to learn about breaking news before anyone else? 
Week by Week is the perfect companion to everything that happens on ROH TV. It premieres every single Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern on the official ROH YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash ring of honor. Stay informed on the best wrestling on the planet. I'll see you there. All right, we are back on the ROH Strong Podcast, having a uh, very interesting conversation with pro wrestling personality, Alyssa Marino. Uh, as a podcast host, maybe, maybe you can actually help me on something. Uh, I, I always go to the break and then come back and reintroduce the guests. And somebody pointed out to me once, this isn't radio. Like, nobody's going away during the break. You don't need to say the guest's name again. But I don't know, it feels awkward if I don't. I mean, do you have any advice for a way to make that smoother you know that actually is a point that i didn't even think about like i just always like oh yeah you come back you say who you're talking to cool beans you know um but that is really funny because like say if, if someone's watching or listening on spotify like the guest name is usually in the title so that's i but that's really funny that even i didn't really think about that it's just, hmm. it just feels weird to just start talking again you know without saying well welcome back to our third segment here with Alyssa Marino. I don't know. Just, I, I don't know. I haven't figured out a way to make it work. So you just, know, I just feel like, I feel like a welcome back is always nice. Maybe, maybe not having to say like we're in the third segment, but saying, Hey, welcome back. We're here chatting and just picking back up. I don't know. I feel like a welcome back is nice though. Okay. Well, I actually don't usually say third segment. I don't know why I've never said that. I don't know why I just said it right now. So I usually don't, I, I, it's not that cumbersome, I guess, since I don't say third. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's, I promised we'd talk more about you. So let's do that. I know that you grew up in Philadelphia, correct? Yes. Yes, I did. All right. So I have to ask you, are you a Brian Johnson fan? You know, um, we were talking about using the uh, hashtag watch ROH. He, uh, you know, he had some, some thoughts to share on Beyond the Bells. So um uh, maybe I'm not the biggest fan because it was a, it was a bit critical. Um, no, but, Brian was critical. I know, right? Shocker. But uh, no, but you know, I have to um, maybe by default have to uh, give at least some credence to someone that's from Philadelphia because maybe that it, it could explain why why he may, might be a little rough around the edges. It's you know that's 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 a Philadelphia mentality. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. That was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you, are you a Philly sports fan? Do you, do you follow the sports teams there? And the second part was going to be, do Philly fans deserve their bad reputation? Is it well-earned? So I'm, I'm not the best person to ask because I'm not a out, – like outside of wrestling, I don't watch much else sports-related. Um, but I, I – I, I know that Philly fans have a reputation and uh, that's actually something I brought up on Beyond the Bells before uh, with, with talking about, um, with talking about glory by honor. Uh, I, I think that I've, I've seen enough uh, from when the Phillies won the world series to know that Philadelphia fans, we, they've, they've earned the reputation they've earned the reputation whether it's good or bad they're just they're very passionate and uh that that can be a great thing that can be a not so great thing um, but they're very they're very passionate i'll give them that well you know you mentioned glory by honor and uh i was i was at the historic 2300 arena in philly for glory by honor and it really did seem like bizarro world in that brian johnson 
was the most beloved individual, uh, I would say, in the arena that night, which on the one hand, you'd think, well, maybe that's not surprising because he's the hometown boy. Uh, but man, he is just so damn unlikable. I, I thought he might get booed in his hometown, but they loved him. They loved him. So maybe that does say something about the, uh, the Philadelphia fan mentality that, uh, that someone like Brian Johnson, who, uh, you know, never made, never met a, a shortcut or a cheap shot, uh, that he wouldn't take. And, and he did in that match and got cheered for it. He, he low blowed EC three and rolled him up for a pin, uh, EC3 kicked out, but you know, everyone was hoping he would win the match with a low blow. So I don't know your hometown, Alyssa. So you, I don't know. you know, I, I, I love it as the day is long, but yeah, it's definitely, it's, I feel like every hometown has its iffy parts, but um, yeah, but I do love it and I do miss it. <laughs> so where are you now? You in Florida? Yeah. So I'm actually, uh, I'm still around Orlando. Okay. Well, yeah, that is definitely a different, uh, I guess not different uh, pace maybe and different, so oh, different yeah. definitely different mentality than East coast and, and Philly. 100%. It's, it's certainly a, uh, it's, it's, it's the change of pace for sure. The vibe overall vibe is just different. It's uh it's very humid. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just miss, this is a weird thing to miss, but I miss rushing, you know, like I feel like I was always rushing to do something on the East coast. And then it's like, Oh, everything's no one's really rushing here. Okay. I guess I'll slow down if I have to. (laughs) Well, you're probably surrounded by a lot of uh, senior citizens in Florida. I think people on vacation who just want to take their time. So it makes sense. Okay. It definitely does. And, and being a Baltimore guy myself, I think Baltimore and Philly share some similarities. So I definitely get what you're saying. I definitely get Absolutely. it. So I know that you were a wrestling fan as a little girl. I've heard you talk about that. Uh, but like, what age are we talking about? Like, what age did you first discover pro wrestling? And what are your earliest, some of your earliest memories of it? So it's actually funny. My, my, my journey as a fan has been very uh, inconsistent. So when I first was introduced, it was by my great grandfather and I was maybe five. And I remember him having a VHS tape. Yes. Uh, of the like greatest moments of the undertaker. And one of my earliest memories was being absolutely terrified, not of the undertaker per se, but of Paul Bearer, the, the voice and his look, it just, I found it so disturbing and, uh, it, it just absolutely terrified me. And, I was so intrigued, <laughs> so I had to see more. Um, and then one of my other earliest memories was of liking Ric Flair and my grandfather telling me, oh, no, 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 he's a bad guy. We don't like him. I was like, well, well no, but I, I like, like his, ro- his robe is so pretty. Like, I like it. He's like, no, no, no. And my, and my great-grandfather was very adamant that I was not allowed to like Ric Flair. Ah, that's interesting. Because I'll tell you but what. Then it's, but then I, I go ahead. No, 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 please. You, you, you go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say, but then I, I fell off until I was in my twenties. <laughs> like I, I picked back up and, and basically did all this digging into everything that I had missed as not being like an avid watcher. So it gave me so much to kind of uh, delve into, you know? Well, and what I was going to say was, you know, I started watching wrestling when I was six. So right about the same age as you. And um, I immediately gravitated towards the heels. And, um, mm-hmm. 
And I don't know why, because it wasn't like if I watched a TV show or a movie, like I didn't root for the villain, but in wrestling, I just thought the heels were so much cooler than these like, I don't know, do-gooder, you know, baby faces at the time. You know, I, I mean, I grew up on guys like superstar Billy Graham and the Valiant Brothers. And I don't know if these names are mean that much to you at this point, but um, you know, certainly Ric Flair when I got older and Roddy Piper, like, I don't know. I just always yeah. thought the, the heels were, were just so much cooler. Um, but yeah, Ric Flair, definitely. I could see, I could see, uh, you know, wh- why you would gravitate towards him just because of, 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 like you said, the robes and the, the you know, all the, uh, I mean, the guy oozing charisma. So yeah. I, I definitely get that. Uh, but you mentioned getting out of it for a while. And I, I've talked to a lot of people that say the same thing. Like I was really into it as a kid then I quit watching it for a few years. Then I came back. I'm the oddity in that. And like, I never stopped watching it from the time I was six, well up into my forties. And I'm not going to go beyond that as far as you know how old I am. But um, I'm at a point now where I don't watch any other wrestling than ring of honor. And, and we talked about earlier, like you, you like what you like, you don't have to put anything else down. And that, that's where I'm at right now. Like I don't begrudge anyone who watches whatever they like, not for me to say, but at this stage in my life where it's a time commitment, mm-hmm. I can't watch anything. I don't really, really enjoy. So for the first time in my life, it's rarely been for the past two years now. I really don't watch anything except ring of honor and i'd like to believe even if i didn't work for ring of honor i'd still watch it because i just that's kind of what i want in my wrestling product today um, yeah. so i want to know though what got you back into it what was that spark that said hey let me give this a second chance it was actually the fact that my so when i when i moved to la my roommate was watching it and i i think it was something where like my my interest was kind of peaked and it was so funny he was he was i forget even what what he was watching or or who he was watching but i remember it was it was, it was sammy zane's entrance music that i heard and i was it was funny i was a big ska fan in college and uh and i was like wait a second do i know this song because this is a song i used to like listen to and uh and and that was kind of what got me to sit down and and start watching again so maybe like 2006-ish, 2007. Um, no, 2016 or 2017, I'm like a decade off now. Um, yeah, around like 2016, 2017 was when, I, was when I really started getting back into it and sitting down to watch it. You just mentioned college. I wanted to ask you, what, um, where did you go to school and what were you going to school for? What was your, what was your major? Oh, so I actually, uh, I went to the Hart School of Music, Dance, and Theater at the University of Hartford, and I was a vocal performance major. So I was, I was studying like classic voice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, when I had Bandito on here, I asked him to, to sing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually asked uh, Mark Briscoe when he was on, uh, he told me that when he and, and uh, Jay were like wrestling in their backyards back in the day, they would have to do like their own, like sing their own theme songs to the room. Oh my God. And yeah, if you go back and listen to the Briscoe's episode, 
you can hear Mark Briscoe singing Shawn Michaels' Sexy Boy. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> Give it to him. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Think I'm cute. Uh. No, I'm sexy. <laughs> I got the look. That drive the girl wild. It's one of my favorite oh. podcasts. So I don't know, should I? Part of me wants to put you on the spot and ask you to hum us a few bars of something, but you don't have to if you don't want to. I mean, is, is opera acceptable? Absolutely. Let's give, let's, um, give this, let's give this show some class. Oh, Lord. Okay, no pressure, no pressure. So we got serial. <laughs> is this the first opera you've had on the show? <laughs> uh, I, believe so. I don't think Joe Hendry gave us any opera when he was on. Uh, okay. So, so yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Do I even remember anything? Um, okay, okay. I got one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Quando me invoso letta per la via, la gente sosta e mira, e la bellezza mia, tutto ricerca e me, ricerca e me da capo a pie. That was, that was outstanding. That I'm, was, out, I'm out of practice. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark Briscoe. I'm sorry, Bandito. That was the best performance <laughs> by far. Joe, I can't remember. Joe Hendry, I can't remember if you sang anything. But as good as you are, I don't think you could top that. All of Kevin's questions, they make me sick. Why do they revolve around asking Dalton if he can... No, I'm not going to say the rest of it. So I don't know. I I think I think the sexy boy is probably better. So well, it was certainly entertaining. <laughs> I will say that. There we go. Entertaining. <laughs> um, see, I've had this idea that, and I pitched it a couple years ago when we were doing the unauthorized show, which is uh, you know when ROH unauthorized comes around. It's like the night that we just throw all caution to the wind. Anything can happen. You know, we did Mike Bennett's bachelor party years ago. Uh, we had Colt Cabana booking the show a couple years ago. And we had all kind of like, you know, one of the matches we had uh, Mark Briscoe. I'm sorry. We had Jay Briscoe and Silas Young doing shots. Oh, Lord. Inside. Uh, it, anything can happen. But my pitch was let's do like America's Got Talent. Let's do Ring of Honor's Got Talent. And uh, it got shot down. I don't know why, but I feel like we have enough people in this company who, who have some talents. And now I'm going to add you to that list. Like, I, I think we could, appreciate that. I think we could do, you could be <laughs> eating a bowl of cereal and, and singing some opera at the same time. That Joe would be, a, I, I bet it's never been done. That would definitely be some, uh, some new limits. And I, I appreciate that. And I think that's actually a really good idea about the uh, ring of honors got talent. And I'm, I'm bummed to see that that didn't, uh, that didn't pan out. Yeah. I mean, I know like, Look, we're pro wrestling. We're not necessarily sports entertainment. And I would never pitch it for anything else other than unauthorized, which right. is the night we get crazy, right? So, whatever. Yeah, I, th I think it was a home run idea. But, you know, of course, everybody falls in love with their own ideas. But so let's, let's, let's get back <laughs> to you becoming a wrestling fan again. Um, I could tell you obviously know your stuff. So with, with being a lapsed fan and being lapsed for – quite a quite a while how did you 
uh, go about obtaining your, your knowledge? Was it reading things? Was it watching YouTube clips or was it all of the above? Because clearly, you know, your your wrestling history and, uh, and you're very uh, wrestling savvy. So how did you sort of get yourself up to speed? It's so funny. I, so I've always kind of, I think I've always enjoyed being a student. Like I, I, I like study languages for fun, you know, like I, I think it was something where I would go down these deep YouTube holes and just one thing after another. Uh, I would read a lot of articles online. There's actually um, a book and I can't, let me pull it up. Uh, and it's called, the book is called, I'm sorry, I love you. And it's basically like this pro wrestling dossier of like the history of, of the sport. I have a history of pro wrestling comic book that I, that I was reading through as well. So I think it's something where I just, I love to research. Um, I love taking notes. So I would, Oh, I'm sorry. It's, uh, Oh, Jim Smallman. Uh, I'm sorry. I love you. History of professional wrestling. I read that. And, uh, it was just something where I, I, I got so fired up that I couldn't get enough. So I was, just, I was watching and reading as much as I could. And, uh, and, and like I said, I have like the, the same way I would take notes for commentary. I was like taking notes in my notebook and, and keeping like my little tabs on, on everything I was reading. Okay. So let's move on to, uh, you're not just a fan anymore. You want to get into the pro wrestling business. As you said, you went to college for something certainly much different than pro wrestling. Uh, at what point do you decide, yeah, this whole voice thing, maybe that's not my destiny. Let me try this pro wrestling thing. What, what sparked that? So I think I, I knew for a while that I just didn't have the, like I love singing, but I just knew I didn't have the passion to keep auditioning and keep, you know, doing over and over and over again, just putting myself out there. Um, and so uh, when I was in LA, I saw, I started again in my research, uh, finding that there were more independent shows out in LA. So I started attending a lot of independent shows and just kind of seeing, seeing people in action and, and being there for the actual feel of it live was so much different than everything I was watching on YouTube or watching online or watching on TV. Um, so I started looking into wrestling schools, which is where I found Santino Brothers. And Santino Brothers Wrestling Academy did a one-day tryout. Um, so I had been playing around with the idea of actually of wrestling. And I had a, had a character and everything like that. So we, uh, we went in and, and did the one-day tryouts. We did all rolls and bumps. And, but then the last part was getting to, to cut a promo. And they were like, okay, well, you know, we're all here. You know, whoever wants to step in the ring and cut a promo. And I think I was one of the first people to do it. And I had been thinking about like just cutting promos in my car of, of what, you know, what my character would say. And, and that was the part of it where it, it felt the most right. So that was when I was like, okay, well maybe I'm not supposed to wrestle per se, but, but maybe I'm, I am supposed to, to do something. And, uh, and then sure enough, after that, Santino brothers, a couple months later, ended up offering a manager's program where they're like people that want to you know, be managers or announcers, commentators, referees and production. So it was kind of everything that wasn't in ring competition. This was that program. So, um, and, and then just started kind of working from there. Okay. So for those who don't know, Santino Brothers, based out of California, uh, Brody King is a, is a graduate. Uh, the uh, Jake Atlas, who we talked about earlier, uh, came from Santino Brothers. 
Bateman is, uh, uh, I think he's still a trainer there. Was Bateman a trainer when you were there? He was, yes. He actually, um, he, he actually took over one of our, our classes and it was, it was honestly one of the greatest classes, just, just the physicality and, and insight that he gave and was so patient and, and so, so generous with his time. So yeah, absolutely such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Bateman. I think um, with the righteous, he, you know, Vincent is obviously channeling Charles Manson, and who I think I think Bateman is his perfect Tex Watson. Like I think he's just so perfect for that role. I don't know how familiar you are with the the Manson family. Again, dating myself, but I think uh, Bateman as sort of uh, Vincent's lieutenant is uh is, is a great i think bateman just played plays the role so well not that he's really playing a role i mean i have bateman on the show he pretty much you know he's pretty much he's pretty he's a strange guy i mean let's admit he's a, he's a little eccentric yeah definitely this was this was pre-vincent so uh maybe i i just got like a different side of Bateman. Yeah, still very uh very chilling and very intimidating presence but uh the 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 vincent um aspect wasn't really there yet right right wasn't wasn't quite a cult member yet so not quite not quite right. The potential was there, but not quite. Yeah, yeah, you could see the potential for sure. Uh, okay, so you decide that in ring, being an in ring performer isn't your calling. That, but you want to be in the business, do something else. When you were doing the the training, um, how did you find it? Did you did you just think it was? Um, I mean, obviously, you felt you were better suited for something else in the business. But was the training harder than you expected? Or I mean, what was it like taking bumps? Um, there was definitely, I don't think anything that could have prepared me really for the, for the, for the feeling of, of taking the bumps that, and for me, honestly, it was just, it was the cardio aspect that I don't think was something I like, obviously I have a lot of friends in the industry and they've said, you know, there's no kind of cardio like ring cardio. And I, that was 100% true because I, I wasn't the most active person in the world, but like I worked out, you know, so to, to be in the ring running the ropes, I'm like, Oh no, this every, no, I can't, I'm, my heart is going to come out of my chest. Like I can't, I can't do this. Um, I just think it was a very different kind of, uh, and this was just one afternoon of it. I just think it was nothing that I was really prepared for. Okay. So you really, it was just one afternoon. That's, you didn't do any more training than that. I, I did like a very, very little bit of just kind of like hold to hold a, a very little bit of, of bumping after that, um, just alongside the manager class. Um, but yeah, that was, that was, that was pretty much it. <laughs> Is it something that you've thought about maybe doing again at some point? It is. I, I sometimes just think that if I didn't do it back then, I probably won't, but I, I literally don't say no to things often so so I think if it's something where if I'm if I'm feeling inspired to to do it or if an opportunity comes along I'll I would definitely try it again so I know that your I believe this was your first in-ring persona was Kathy from Human Resources that was it right yes indeed and you did this in championship wrestling from Hollywood so did you develop that character or was it something that um, was suggested for you or that you collaborated on uh, for those who aren't familiar with it, for those who didn't watch championship wrestling from Hollywood back, back then, uh, could you describe the character? So, so 
Kathy from HR was actually not something that I ever brought to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, I strictly did um, backstage interviews and then eventually went on to uh, some commentary. But Kathy from HR was someone that I uh, had been kind of, I had this persona in mind when I went into that one day tryout. And it was actually something that came about from just working in the human resources department of, uh, of a retail store. And, uh, and just kind of the, the verbiage that I would hear and the idea of turning this into, uh, into a heel character of like the death of fun. Um, so I want to say mostly Kathy from HR did uh, general manager spots. Like I, I never even had really anyone that I managed outside of, of the manager training. Um, everything I did was kind of a, a general manager role or, or something along those lines, some kind of authority figure in independent promotions. Um, but it got to the point where I, I don't know if I was afraid I was going to get in trouble at work. Like, Oh my gosh, what if someone finds out I've been, you know, using verbiage from our handbook? I don't know. I, or, <laughs> it just, it felt like I wasn't, I wasn't connecting with the character anymore. And I wanted to do more announcing. I wanted to do more backstage correspondent roles like at, at championship wrestling from Hollywood. Um, so I ended up keeping Kathy cause I was like, okay, well people know me as cat. People are calling me Kathy everywhere. So I'm like, let me keep Kathy. And then I went for Campanelli, Kathy Campanelli and Campanelli in Italian means the bell ringer. So I was like, Oh, well, if I'm ever a timekeeper, that's, that would be a funny thing. Um, so I ended up adapting the name to Kathy Campanelli and then used that as my, as my persona for championship wrestling from Hollywood for ring announcing for commentary out in LA. Out of all the different jobs that you've done in pro wrestling, um, hosting, commentating, managing, what, what is your favorite? My favorite is honestly probably ho hosting or backstage segments. Okay. Commentary, I think, is like a like a close second, because commentary I love um, I love because it allows you to really be part of the elevation of a story. You know, there are certain things that I think the wrestlers can get across with their bodies, and then for everything else, like we get to kind of sprinkle in and 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 season up the story, so to speak. So I think that you can really lend a lot of insight and and. And kind of even ask the audience the questions that they might not be asking themselves, you know? Um, so to kind of get them thinking even more deeply about a match. So commentary, I think, is very special to me. Um, but I really, I, really, I really love just having the interactions with the wrestlers as, as a host or as a, a backstage correspondent. Here's a question that, this goes similar to what I said earlier about the awkward transition of doing a podcast and coming back from a break and do you announce the person's name again or, or whatever backstage interviews in pro wrestling. I don't know if, if when you did them, you had the same setup, but it's become the standard to say, please welcome my guest at this time. So-and-so. And number one, when you, like, you talked earlier about, it's always good to say welcome. Uh, but if you think about it, usually when you announce someone, you say, please welcome, you're saying it in front of a crowd, right? Not please welcome and give a round of applause to so-and-so. But mm -hmm. we do it with these backstage interviews, please welcome. Like, who are we saying that to? We're saying it to the camera. But then we always say my guest at this time instead of just my guest. And that's something that's always bugged me. Why do we do that? Okay, here's my, my theory on it. So um, the... 
welcome is to the audience at home that's watching. Um, so, hey, audience at home that's watching, welcome my guest. Uh, and then at this time is because usually if you think about backstage correspondence, during a show, they're running all over the place to try and get, get words with different, uh, different competitors. So that's where I think it's that at this time, I'm talking to so-and-so. But hey, catch me on the next break. I'm going to be talking to so-and-so. That's maybe where I think the distinction of at this time com comes from. That's the best explanation I've heard. Thank you. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. Because, yeah, it used to bother me. When, so, like, when I worked uh, in WWE on the creative team and we had to write promos mm -hmm. uh, and backstage segments, we literally also wrote, like, the backstage interviews as far as, you know, the questions and such. And we would start off every, you know, my guest at this, please welcome my guest at this time, you know, John Cena. Uh, wait for the pop. And then, you know, go on. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, um, and I was just thought as I was writing that, I'm just like, this is so weird, but I know that's what they want. So I'll keep writing it. Uh, but anyway, that, again, that was like, that was a good, that was a good explanation. I just know you don't see it in other sports where it seems like it's that sort of, uh, I don't know, awkward or, or rigid, or, or maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But let me ask you about your NXT gig. And um, unfortunately, again, I, you know, full disclosure, I didn't, I wasn't watching NXT at that time when you were there. So I didn't uh, see any of your work. Uh, but how did you get that gig? And, and what was that experience like for you? Uh, so that was something where I, I had done extra work and I had, um, you know, submitted my, my application on the, on the career site. And uh, I think just from kind of building my portfolio of, of work on the independent scene, the opportunity kind of came about and I was hired as a live event host. So I was going around to like the local Florida shows and, and ring announcing and hosting different segments for, um, you know, pre-shows and intermission. And, and, and we, we would do different like fan of the night kind of like special segments and stuff like that. So uh, that was my role. And then along with that, I got to do some of the backstage segments. I got to do some WWE exclusive interviews. And um, I think I had, I had one TV spot uh, with Tegan Knox. and yeah, then, and then pretty much I was doing that from January, 2020 until around um, April. So let me ask you this. No one obviously likes to lose a job under any circumstances. Um, there were a bunch of cuts, as you said, I think it was April, right? April of yeah. last year, WWE made a, made a bunch of cuts. Um, my tenure at WWE ended in after three years uh, due to budget cuts. So I was, you know, when there were sweeping cuts, I was, I was caught up in that as well. So I know what that feels like, but for you, obviously you hadn't been there that long and, and working for, you know, the machine working for the industry leader. Well, I mean, obviously NXT is part of obviously the global WWE brand. What was your mindset like when you got the, the notice, you know, and I guess a, the timing was not great, right? Because it happened during a, a pandemic, which further complicated your life, I'm sure. But what, yeah. what, were, what was your thought at the time? I mean, you, obviously you're working, like I said, for the biggest company and then now that opportunity is gone. I think that it was something where I was, I, I focused so much on just what's next, what's next. Like, I think it, maybe it's still like that East Coast mentality of I always have something to do sort of thing. Yep. So I think that I, I had that moment of like, ah, bummer, you know, like this, this, this sucks. Um, 
But I think then it was, okay, well, I need, now I need something to keep me busy. Now I need to figure out a plan. Now I need to do something else. Um, so I think it was, it was really the, the kind of like kick in the ass. I'm like, okay, well, what else are you, what else are you going to do? What's, what's your plan now? So I think for me, I don't, I don't allow myself a lot of, uh, a lot of downtime. And I think maybe that was, I don't know how healthy that one that it was, but I'm like, okay, well now we're, uh, we're going to read, you know, we're going to read a book. We're going to, you know, study languages. We're going to keep practicing our ring announcing. We're going to do this, this, and this. I, I brought back Let's Get Cereal after um, I had kind of, you know, taken, taken a break from it when I first got hired. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to bring back the show and then we're going to start doing more, more interviews with the show. And I think it was just something that I needed projects to work on to keep myself busy. I think, and that's, I think that's, that's a great attitude. I know when, um, so I was working for WCW way back in 2000, 2001 as the magazine editor. And I thought that was like, you know, being a lifelong fan, getting to work for a big company, WCW, I was so thrilled. And then when it ended after, it was literally a year, like to the day uh, when WWE bought the company put us all out of work. Vince McMahon has put me out of a job twice in my life. Oh man. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Um, but, but anyway, like after I lost that job, I was like, damn, that was my one shot at ever being in the industry and, and now I have to go do something, which I came from the world of journalism. So my thought was, well, I'll go back to that. You know, that's journalism was really my, my first, that was what I wanted to pursue as a career never really thought about getting into the wrestling business until, until later. Uh, I was, so that was kind of a depressing thing, but then I did go back to the journalism thing and then other opportunity, you know, this opportunity to work for WWE came up uh, 10 years after losing the job at WCW. And I did interview for a writing job at WWE, like in 2002, didn't get hired. So again, I, that further solidified, okay, had my shot at WCW. It's over. Got my interview at WWE, didn't get hired. There was nothing else really going on at that time. I don't think Ring of Honor had even started yet or TNA. So it's like, all right, you know, I guess I'll just, you know, go back to my journalism job. But then the WWE thing opened up. But after I lost the WWE job, I really think I had the similar attitude to you, which was, okay, it was like one day of, well, that sucks. But then it was almost like a sense of relief because it was a high pressure, high stress job that I did for three years. And then it was like, all right, well, blank page. And at that point I had enough confidence that like, all right, that's not the end of the world. I'm, I'm a capable person. I can do something else. And at that point there were other options in wrestling. And I just honed in on, I've always loved ring of honor. It's based in Baltimore. I'm from Baltimore. I have to make this happen. And, right. and I did, I cold emailed Joe Koff, who I had met briefly before I took the WWE job, just very briefly, I was working at the Baltimore Sun. Sinclair had just bought the, bought the company, and uh, I went to a press conference. And Joe, you know, Joe and I had a discussion, and he gave me his card, and blah blah blah. And uh, he remembered me from that, you know, three years later. And and it turned into, you know, it started off with, well, we'll see, and then all right, well, you know, do some part time work for the website. To you know, here we are on the RH Strong podcast. So that was long winded and that was all about me and not you, but just wanted to say like, I, I get, I get like exactly what you're saying of, all right, you know, let's move on. There's something scary, but also exciting about what's the next thing. What's the next yeah. chapter going to be? 
And I think it's something too where the kind of taking the moment of realizing how much more is out, like how much is out there, right. you know, and realizing like, okay, well, if this didn't work out, you know, that's okay. There are so many companies that are doing some really cool things right now. So I think that that's, it is, it's, it's scary, but it's exhilarating. And I've always believed, and I've said this on the podcast many times, mostly in talking about, you know, when I've had guests on who maybe they didn't get a break right away and it took them a while to get to where they needed to be. And it's such a cliche, but I believe it in a hundred percent that talent wins out in the end, cream rises, you know, to the top, whatever, you know, all the cliches, but I really believe it's true. And if you have talent and you, you keep plugging away, you're going to get another shot doing something. People will recognize that talent. So it really is just about having that confidence in yourself that, okay, I'm hireable. I'm very hireable. <laughs> and somebody else is going to hire me and I'm going to get to do something I love. So, and I think when you, when you have the passion for something like you obviously have the passion for pro wrestling, you have the passion for it, you have the drive, the talent, you know, big things will happen. Like, you know, getting to be a guest on the ROH strong podcast. Seriously. That's it's huge. <laughs> well, so let's just talk <laughs> about the future for a second. What, what does the future now, obviously, none of us can predict the future, but um, do you have do you have any goals? Like, what are some more things you'd like to accomplish in the wrestling business? I mean, do you set goals like that, or you just kind of like take it one day at a time? I think I kind of I take it one day at a time. I think I I don't really do you know the big the big benchmarks or the big the big overarching goals anymore. I feel like if I can if I can talk about wrestling if i can do anything to kind of shape the landscape because we talk a lot about i think um you know we talk about women's wrestling but i don't think that we talk a lot about like female broadcasters um so if i can do anything to kind of shape the world of wrestling broadcasting i will be ecstatic you know if if we can get more unique perspectives to be part of wrestling, I, I will be thrilled. If I can do anything to, to help with that, um, I will feel fulfilled. So I don't think I have a particular like benchmark or, or goal per se, um, but I know that there are things I want to do. Well, you make a great point about um, more opportunities and certainly inclusivity is very important, I think, in any, any endeavor, but you know, certainly in pro wrestling. And there have been huge strides made as far as women, like you said, women, women in broadcast roles. I know Renee, when she was Renee Young, um, sort of shattered a, a glass ceiling there. Uh, Quinn McKay has done it in Ring of Honor. She's the yeah. first female to uh, be the host by herself of a wrestling show. And obviously she does week by week in addition to that, in addition to backstage interviewing. And Quinn had a great, when I had her on the podcast, she had a great, uh, look, she had a great philosophy about it. She's like, you know, it's, she's, she was really proud to be the first woman to host a show by herself. But she's like, I want to get to the point where we're not saying the first woman to do something anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's not the first, it's just, it is. And they're part of the, you know, uh, they're more part of the wrestling landscape. And so, and I think we're on our way to that. I think you're a big part of that. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give you what I, I would say is the, probably the highest compliment I can give a female uh, broadcaster in this business or, or you know, one-air personality, whatever you want to call it, is, uh, is I think you fit right in with 
Quinn McKay, as far as um, not, you know, as a, as a female in the business for sure, but I think we have a great broadcast team. Like I said earlier with Quinn, uh, Ian and uh, Caprice. And, uh, and I think with what you're doing on beyond the bells that, um, you know, you are just, uh, you're another part of that. That is very, very kind. And I really do appreciate that. And I, and I have to say, even as far as commentary goes, I've loved having Lenny Leonard and Chelsea Green as part of the, the voices of the quest for gold. Like there, there's so many, I think, unique perspectives that can be brought out. And, and that makes me so thrilled that you would even mention my name alongside the, the broadcasting team here. That's really very, very kind. Yeah, and thank you for mentioning um, Lenny as well uh, and Chelsea. Uh, yeah, I think Lenny, that was a huge, huge addition um, and a great, uh, a great thought to bring him back, you know, after being gone from so many years in Ring of Honor because he knows women's wrestling so well. He's familiar with so many of the women in the tournament, and he really does add a lot. And, and I think Chelsea's done a, to your point, she's done a great job as well. Um, I, again, I, like I said earlier, I don't really listen to podcasts. It's not my thing, but in preparation for having Chelsea on the podcast, a few weeks, I started listening to green with envy and man, like that's the one podcast I'm going to listen to. In addition to right. now, uh, <laughs> I'm going to listen to or watch, uh, what is, uh, hold on. Let me, I'm going to make sure I get it right. Let's get cereal. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to, I'm going to start, I'm going to put that on my, uh, put that on my list, but yeah, she's so great on that, uh, on that podcast that and and she just you know has seamlessly made this transition into uh in the commentary she's again she's she's entertaining but also informative so yeah we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to- <laughs> absolutely no it's true all right and and a good podcast host thank you thank you oh, i was talking about me i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, yeah. honestly, I, I think it's, it's all part of, of, cause, cause you think about it, it's like the, the podcast and, and different YouTube programs, they're an extension, I think of, Definitely. of everything that's, that's happening. So I think it's, a, it's, a, it's crucial to have as incredible of a, of a host of ROH Strong. Come on. No, no, I'm just, I just was just kidding. I, I'm actually very, <laughs> I'm very self-deprecating, honestly, in real, in real life. <laughs> um, but all right, but that, that's kind of you to say as well, even though I was certainly fishing for the, for the compliment. All right, well, we're going to go to our final break. And then uh, when we come back, Alyssa, if you're up for it, we're going to play 10 questions. I'm ready. All right, we'll be back. Let's roll, America. Roll up your sleeves to give blood. You can help save lives of patients that depend on blood every single day. Ring of Honor Wrestling has once again teamed up with the American Red Cross for Sinclair Cares Roll Up Your Sleeves. Make an appointment today to donate blood. Your donation will help save lives and impact countless more. Go to SinclairCares.com to schedule your appointment now. All right, uh, we are back on the RH Strong Podcast. I'm welcoming everyone back. Welcome back if you... Uh, I don't know, went to the bathroom maybe during that last break, and now I'm welcoming welcoming you back. So uh, you already know our guest is Alyssa Marino, so I don't need to tell you that again. Now (laughs) it is time to play my favorite game. And as someone pointed out once, you already asked me like 20 questions. Why is this called 10 questions? Okay. But yes, I'm going to ask you now 10 more questions if you're okay. okay. All right. I'm nervous, but I'm ready. 
And it is now time for 10 Questions with Kevin. Question number one. What's something on your bucket list? Um, to travel to Italy. Okay. And you, you, you do speak the language uh, fluently. Is that is that correct? I would say maybe intermediate. <laughs> I took it. I took it in a, in high school and a year in college, and I just basically started doing it through a little like online app called Duolingo. So I do that and Spanish. Very confusing to do it both at the same time, but I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question number two. Other than languages, uh, what is the subject you'd like to know more about? Ooh, probably. I I really enjoy researching, um, like uh, like the. I get kind of the occult, like um, different, like like um, different like esoteric mysteries and 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 witchcraft and stuff like that. I just find it very very interesting. I'm with you on that. I'm a big fan. Like I told you, as a kid, that's why I love that Count Chocula cereal. I loved horror movies. Uh-huh. I love all that kind. Of, I love all that kind of stuff. All right. Uh, well, that's going to lead me right into my next question. I'm going to change these question around, questions the order around a little bit. So Ooh, question. Okay. Number three, have you ever personally had a paranormal experience? And if you haven't, do you believe in its existence? I'm going to guess you do. I totally do. Uh, I personally don't feel like I have. I, I feel like I've... And maybe it's... So, so you know how I talked about I always keep myself busy. I think maybe I just keep myself so distracted that I don't allow myself to be open for those kinds of experiences. Uh, like I'll every now and then get like, ooh, funky vibe, but no, I've never actually had, now that I'm inviting it, any <laughs> ghosts are listening, like I'm not inviting that. Um, but no, I, I, I can't say that I've had any personal paranormal experience. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, I would love to have one though, actually. And in fact, Mandy Leone has talked about for her YouTube channel, uh, like doing like I'm a big fan of the show Ghost Adventures and she's talked about maybe doing some like ghost hunts and uh, I was like Mandy like I I'm begging like I don't ask for much but like I really want to be part of that like I I really want to be part of (laughs) some type of ghost adventures so I don't know maybe we can make that maybe we can make that work we could all go I don't know I I was so jealous when uh you know uh back in 2020 when uh, the whole crew was out in Vegas uh, for the for the anniversary weekend, and obviously the shows got shut down because of the pandemic, some of the crew stayed back for one night, and um, nobody really knew like how bad the pandemic was at that point. So people were still doing things, mm-hmm. and um, and like Mandy and a bunch of people like went to Zach Bagan's haunted museum, and I was that's so cool. Yeah, I was so like I don't like envy much or get jealous much but i was like damn i wish i would have been in vegas for that that's a that's Dang. a bucket list thing for me is to get to zach <laughs> well definitely if you guys do that you have to make sure that you have lots of sage just make sure nothing follows you home all that yeah. kind of stuff you know yeah i'll believe me like i say I, I never miss ghost adventures so i know the you know the precautions you don't want you, you don't prepared want, you want an attachment <laughs> that you want to take no 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 don't mess with ouija boards that's another thing oh no 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 never all right, question number four. If you could have a conversation with any celebrity or historical figure, alive or dead, who would it be? Preferably over a bowl of cereal. 
there are definitely better answers than the one I'm going to give, I'm sure. Um, but the first person that always comes to my mind is Amy Poehler. Um, I think Par Parks and Recreation is a very special show to me and I feel like has gotten me through a lot of, uh, just a lot of times in, in life have been, uh, have been fueled by Parks and Recreation. It's something where like the, the theme plays in my head and just like puts me at ease. So I would definitely say Amy Poehler just to, just to kind of pick her brain. She's, I think, had such a very interesting journey as a woman in comedy. Um, but, and I think she would probably have some really awesome serial tastes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like her. She's, she's very talented. Absolutely. Right. Question number five. We've talked so much about cereal. Let's talk about different a different food. Do you cook? And if so, what is your specialty? I, I do cook. I don't think that I'm that, like, that great of a cook, but I do cook. Um, probably my specialty is, like, like any good Italian gal, I, I love making pasta. So I'll do um, just kind of like a, like a roasted red peppers kind of gravy like situation with um, usually rotini. And I'll, I'll usually do that. Okay. Well, I like to use the word situation there. That's because <laughs> like no, no one ever calls it gravy. I think except people from Philly. So it's like it's like a pasta sauce, but like I just call it gravy. So I just I make like a roasted red pepper gravy is, is my thing. I'm a big fan of the roasted red pepper. Although you know I get mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not much of a cook, so I get the, like the roasted red pepper out of a jar, like the ragu or like, uh, like the Paul Newman brand or something like that. So I mean my my grandparents would be beside themselves, but I, I do use. Uh, a, a bottle of, of gravy and just season it up differently but like don't, ooh, sheesh, don't tell them no no hopefully she's not <laughs> alright uh, question number six do you have any hidden talents and you can't say singing because we've already exposed that so for those who didn't know so any other talents oh. that we don't know about I don't I think I'm pretty open about everything. Um, I have like a really weird uh, memory. Like if I listen to a song three times, I like I have it down. Like I, I think I just I pick up and I memorize things pretty easily. Okay, maybe that. Well, that's helpful for sure. In, in your oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right, question number seven: Do you have a celebrity crush? Amy Poehler. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my answer for everything. Um, no, I don't think I don't think I do. Like I think Amy, I just idolize. I think. Um, oh, I wouldn't say necessarily a. a I, I will say one of my first crushes was on uh, Aladdin from from Aladdin. So. Okay, so like the the animated Aladdin or like the yes live Aladdin? Oh, the, the animated Aladdin. Aladdin. Yes. Okay. All right. That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> I kind of had a thing for Trixie from Speed Racer when I was a boy. But... Oh, see? Right. I just think back on, on the Nicole Savoy episode where she was talking about different characters. I'm like, hey, you know what? Aladdin. That's right. Okay. All right. Question number eight. What's the last show that you binge watched or are currently binge watching? I think, you know, I've actually been currently catching up on American Horror Stories. Mm, um. Yeah, I, I watched American Horror Story. I watched a couple different uh, seasons. I don't think I've seen all of them. But this one's so unique because I've always been a fan of, of short stories. And this one, it's like every episode is its own kind of self-contained 
story, which has been very enjoyable. Have you watched the uh, cult season yet? I have not. Okay. That was that recommend. Like, what's that? You recommend it? Yeah. I think that might've been my favorite. I think I'm, that might've been my favorite. Um, yeah. Check. It was the only one spoiler alert, little spoiler alert. I think it's the only one that didn't really have a, a huge supernatural element to it. It was more, oh. um, and it was kind of like, uh, a lot of social commentary kind of in the, uh, well, I don't want to get too political, but sort of in the, in the rise of Trump era and, and what, what okay. That... I think this does sound familiar now. Evan Peters, who's I think been in just about every season, if not every mm -hmm. season, is just a phenomenal actor. Like I, I, he, he was really the star of that season and, um, played this kind of charismatic cult leader, very Vincent esque. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like trouble. Yeah, yeah, but very entertaining. Cool. Okay, question number nine. Let's stick with sort of the entertainment questions here. Who would play you in a movie about your life? And let me guess, wow. Amy Poehler. No, I don't think, oh, I wouldn't ask Amy to do that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Let me see. Hmm. It's like, of course, I can't like think of any... You know, I someone told me once they thought I looked like Kate Winslet. And we know she can do like a Delco accent from mm -hmm. uh, Mayor of Easttown. So like, get a little Philadelphia kind of vibe going on there. I could <laughs> say, it. let's say her. <laughs> okay, I could see it. And certainly a, a great actress. Absolutely. All right, question number 10. This was tailored uh, just for you. The best cheese steak in Philly. What is it? Oh my God, this is such a, a, this is such a hard question because i'm actually a vegetarian <laughs> <laughs> so i will say my favorite when i did eat meat my favorite was jim's on south street pretty much most of most of my young adult time i spent just just walking around and, and hanging out and shopping on south street so i think it was just the convenience part of it perhaps um it's a very polarizing subject and usually it was between Pat's or Gino. So I was like, hey, you know what? I don't want to play that game. I'm going to Jim's. <laughs> like, I don't want to have to choose. So I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I admire that because, you know, I was going to ask the question. I was going to frame it that way was Pat's or Gino's. Uh, yeah. But I wanted to give, you know, I know I, I wanted to cast a wider net because certainly those are the two, I guess, probably everyone talks about. And also it, yeah. Tony Luke's, is that the other one? Tony Luke's, um, uh, didn't, no, Denix's roast beef. No, I think Tony Luke's is the other one. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I, I know there's obviously more than that, so that's why. Of course. And, and you being a true Philadelphia person, I wanted to, to, to include all of the cheesesteak haunts, but I didn't know you were a vegetarian. See, I, I should have done more research. That's probably that's okay. out there. <laughs> all good, all good. <laughs> all right, well, that's the end of 10 questions, and, um, and we've come to the uh, conclusion of this interview. But before I let you go, can you tell everyone where they can follow you and, and watch your uh, when and, and where they can watch uh, Let's Get Serial and, and uh, all that good stuff? Absolutely. So I am on uh, Instagram and I'm on Twitter at A-Y-Y underscore Marino. Um, Let's Get Serial is on YouTube every Saturday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you just go to Alyssa Marino on YouTube, you will find Let's Get Serial on my channel. Um, I'm also on Patreon on under Let's Get Serial. So you can support the show and that's pretty much where to find me. Okay. You know, when I did, I did a Google search on you before this uh, podcast, there's another Alyssa Marino that popped up before you. 
there's like she's like an actress i don't know what she i didn't i just i saw like a picture pop up and Alyssa marino and i'm like that's not you Is no that way a- <laughs> <laughs> you and well it's what i always get the Alyssa milano which is funny because my dad was a big who's the boss fan so i believe i was named after like he just liked the name Alyssa. um but no, I've never heard of another Alyssa Marino. I'm going to have to look into that now. Yeah, look, look, look that up. Um, huh. I you should say that too about your, your name and your father because I have a 16-year-old daughter that we named Alyssa, partly because, yes, we like that name, but also I was a big Alyssa Milano fan. Not as a kid, though. Not, like, I never watched a single episode of Who's the Boss, never paid attention to her as a kid. But I came across a horror movie, I guess in the 90s, called Embrace of the Vampire. Oh my gosh, I remember that. And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's the who's the that's the the who's the boss girl." And uh, boy, I, I immediately became a fan right after that. Hmm. <laughs> I love it. The namesakes. They're the namesakes. Yeah, it's funny. My daughter's into like the occult type stuff too. So, uh, but the similar similarities end in that you love pro wrestling, and she can't stand it. So ah, bummer. Yeah, I don't. I. I <laughs> I failed somewhere along the way, but hey, at least she likes the horror movies and, and she appreciates the music that I grew up on. So, Oh, that, hey, that's huge. That is huge. That is huge. All right. Well, Alyssa, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much for giving me so much of your time today. And um, I will continue watching Beyond the Bells. Like I said, I think you're doing a great job and I hope we see a lot more of you in, in Ring of Honor. Thank you so much for having me. And I really hope so too. And this has been really fun. I really appreciate it. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to also thank everyone out there for listening and remind you that a new episode of the ROH Strong Podcast drops every Monday morning on ROHwrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Keep it locked into ROHwrestling.com and ROH's social media channels. That's at Ring of Honor on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook.com slash Ring of Honor for news regarding upcoming episodes. Also, for the latest ROH news and views, you can read my column, X-Files, every Friday on ROHwrestling.com. Until next time, this is Kevin X saying, stay safe, and let's all be ROH strong.